contemplation avant le chant. La Sangha est invitée à retourner à sa respiration. Ainsi, notre énergie collective de pleine conscience nous rassemblera en un organisme, coulant comme une rivière, sans plus aucune séparation. Laissons la Sangha tout entière respirer comme un seul corps, chanter comme un seul corps, écouter comme un seul corps, et transcender les frontières d'un soi illusoire et nous libérant ainsi du complexe de supériorité, d'infériorité et d'égalité.
Dear Sangha, today is the 21st of November into the year 2013. We are in the full moon meditation hall of the new hamlet in the winter retreat. 60 years ago, in 1990, in 
he visited Plum Village, um, and also had an exhibition of his his work at Shenha Temple. So, if you visit Shenha Temple, and in the in the meditation hall, you will see a his calligraphy of the Heart Sutra. Very beautiful handwriting. That's true. But Guatai died early. Guatai died in when he was twenty-eight or twenty-nine years old. When he died in the hospital, and when they searched his his work, they found a lot of poems that were not published, and one of those poems is called the Dahlia, Dahlia, Dahlia flower. And when Thai read this poem, Thai was startled because it has. It has the spirit of a Zen master, and this poem is like this: "Đứng yên ngoài hành động, standing outside of of a fence, standing still outside of a fence. You smile a wondrous smile, and seeing you." I was surprised. I stood there silently and looked at you with surprise. So, standing peacefully by the hedge, I s- smile. You smile a wondrous smile, and. Silently, I watched you. I look at you with surprise. I hear you sing. I hear your singing. I just hear your singing, the singing of a flower. Your your singing is eternal. The improvements always eternal. It never ends. I just, I just hear your singing, the song of eternity. Touch a black widow. I bow. I bow my head. Shiplai, I touch the earth. Bow my head in front of you. I bow my head in front of you. Touch the earth in front of you because I. I hear your voice singing the eternal song, the song of eternity. That's a black widow. So the poet heard, uh, hears this, the the song of the flower, and he touched the earth before the the flower as his respect to the flower. If you are a musician, you can turn this song into. Uh, this poem into a song, even though it's a short poem, but it it has uh, it has insight in it. It has the spirit of of Zen meditation in it. That was in nineteen four forty nine. So it was composed during this time forty nine or fifty.
So the physical body is no longer there, but the Dharma body continues. And that we can come in touch with the Dharma body of the Buddha in the present moment. And that's the work of that's the work of the Mahayana Buddhism. And that every flower, that every cloud, every leaf, um, it is is given a Dharma talk. And that if you have concentration, mindfulness, and insight, and look at the flower, you can see the flower given a Dharma talk. And it talks, of, it gives a talk on impermanence, on non-self interbeing. Therefore, the Buddha, the Buddha never s- stops uh, giving Dharma talks. Um, the physical body of the Buddha uh, is no longer giving Dharma talk, but the Dharma talks, the the Dharma Dharma body of the Buddha continues to give talks. And that if we have the ears, we can listen, we can come in touch with the Buddha giving the Dharma talk right now. And so in in another poem, Thay wrote, wrote that every, every pebble, every leaf, every flower is uh, preaching the Avatamsaka Sutra, the Lotus Sutra. Therefore, therefore, the flower, the, the singing of the flowers of Kwatai is given a Dharma talk. It's, talking, it's given a talk on no death, no birth, no beginning, no end. Standing still outside of the head, you smile, a wondrous smile. The flower is always there, smiling, but we are, we are, we are, we lack of mindfulness, so we never recognize it. So just as the Dharma body is present in is present in the present moment, but we never really come in touch with it. The Buddha says that the Buddha is the flower, the pebble, the leaf, but we live in a hurried, and we don't have the opportunity to to recognize the presence of the Buddha. So. The dahlia stands next to the hedge, and it's given a dharma talk. It's smiling a wondrous smile, but we we are in forgetfulness, and we we don't recognize that that flower. That's but that day, we don't know what happened. But the poet recognizes, sees the flower, and. And and look at the flower as if something wondrous. And so he was surprised. But us, we're no longer surprised with the wonders of life. We're no longer surprised with them. We're taking them for granted. And so in this moment, this poet suddenly sees the flower and and sees that the flower is smiling and giving a dharma talk and and, uh, and is singing and that this song is the song of no birth no death it's a it's a song of eternity and so the attitude of the poet is a, is one of respect he bows down in front of the flower he touched the earth in front of 
the flower. This is the teaching of um, only manis- manifestation only. You are not a creation, you are manifestation. The word bio, bio is written in Chinese like this. Bio. This word, this bio means manifestation. There is only the manifestation. There is no creation. So this flower is a manifestation. And where is it manifested from? It's not from emptiness. Where is it coming from? Where is it manifested from? And from the the Christian believes that it's manifested from God. So from there, from God, the flower manifests. But in in Taoism, that the foundation of all manifestation is the Tao, the way. And uh, and Lao Tzu in Erqing um, says that there is an object that, that that is there before everything manifests, and it's from there that everything manifests. We don't know what to call it. We only we can only temporarily call it Tao. But in manifestation only teaching, we don't call it the Tao or the God, but we call it. Store. Alaya in Sanskrit. So this the word bio it's translated from Vishnapti. This the word vin Vishnapti has a has a prefix V means uh, to distinguish and the word tak, uh, which is consciousness, is translated um, from the word vishnana. So the word vi means uh, distinction. Dis- so to translate uh, um, correctly, it's really biu biu so to translate correctly, the word Vishnapti is Biyubik. Biyubik. It's another meaning, um, another word for manifestation. Biyuk means um, distinction. Fung Biyuk. To dis- dis- 
in it, so to manifest and to be dis, dis, and, and distinct. Biu Hing, Biu Hing is manifestation. Biu Big is also manifestation, but it's really manifestation, manifesting as an object of of. A perception. A flower too. Flower is a manifestation. It it manifests so that it can be perceived. So it's called a biubiak. So vishnyapti. We can translate correctly. Biubiak manifestation. Distinct manifestation. For example, in each one of us, there's a a seed of anger. But when this the seed is not yet manifested, then we don't see anger, and we think that anger is not there. That person is not angry, but we know that deep down there is the anger is there. But it hasn't manifested. But if someone comes and say something, say something challenging, or 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 something uh, unkind, then the seed of anger is touched and it manifests, and we can see it. That's called biubik, prasnyapti. Uh, in another word, before it manifests, that is not that is that is there. If we say that it's not there, it's not correct. We haven't seen it. We haven't dis dis um dis distinguish it. That doesn't mean that it's not there. Just like this, um, the flame, the flame hasn't hasn't manifest. But we can we can't say that it's not there. It's hiding somewhere. It waits for the opportunity to manifest. And so, when it manifests, we see the flame. This is called manifestation. Manifested. And before this manifestation, that that that. It's it's it doesn't mean that it's not there. It's hidden. It's latent. It's called um, it's called unmanifested. Ah, unmanifest. Vobio unmanifested. That doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It just means that it hasn't manifested. For example, our hand. This hand. Has the capacity to write Chinese. It has the capacity to write a circle, but you don't see that because these capacities hasn't manifested, hadn't manifested yet. But that doesn't, and you can't take picture. It's it's there. It's there. These capacities are there, but you can't take a picture of it. But when it takes a, a pen and it draws. It writes. This means to to look, Guang, 
looking deeply. Then, then you see. Then you can disting, dis, distinguish it. So, so, so it it, and so it manifests so that we can see it. It's called that's what it's called Vishnupti. And this winter we will learn manifest only manifestation teaching. Yibu only manifestation means that there's only manifestation. Vishnupti mantra. Vishnupti mantra. Mantra is yi. Yi only. Biu. Vishnupti biu. Yi biu. Mantra is yi only. And I hopes that everybody has thirty the the text of the thirty verse thirty verses. Um, does anybody has this? Have this? You have this text. These thirty verses. It's there are. Uh, this text has the Pali. It has English. It has Vietnamese, and it has Chinese text. Four languages. Four pages. The four pages all together. So next time, Thai hopes that everybody has a copy of this text. In China and also in Vietnam, we we don't use the word rebuild. We don't use we use the word duitak. We don't use the word only manifestation, but we only use only consciousness. But in truth, it it should be rebuild manifestation only and not consciousness only. So in this verse, in this text. The word "yibiu" is used two times, twice, three times, four times. But the word "yitak," which is consciousness only, is teaching consciousness only, is only used once. Vishnupti mantra is "yibiu," and "yitak." Vishnyavna, Ritak, Ritak, conscious, only consciousness is Vishnyana Mantra, Vishnyana Mantra, Mantra, Ri, and Vishnyana Tuk, Taihuinjang. Trans, uh, uh, when he translated, he used the word "retuk," only consciousness. He should have used "retuk." I mean, "rebuild," manifestation only, because the name is the name of the text is is the the title of this text is called "rebuild," Vishnapti Mantra. And that in this text, they're tra- they're repeated three times in this text, but only once that the word "yitak" is used. Taiyuan is very good in Pali. I mean Sanskrit, but.
But there are places when he translates Vishnapti as view, manifestation very clearly. So Thay doesn't understand why in this text he translated as Vishnana, the consciousness. And though if we use it as uh, consciousness only, um, this, 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 um, this. So, the Sastra of Manifestation only says that consciousness, our consciousness, has two parts. One part is the subject and the other is the object. The subject of, of perception and object of perception. Subject. And these two parts rely on one another to manifest at the same time. Just like this sheet of paper, this piece of paper has two faces, the right and the left. These two faces manifest at the same time. And without the right, there's no left. Without left, there's no right. And so object of consciousness and subject of consciousness manifest at the same time. Always manifest at the same time. N no one is, is manifest before the other. So, for example, when we are sad, when we're sad, or when we're angry, we're angry about something. We are, when we're sad, we're sad about something. There cannot be sadness without the object of sadness. Just like when we see, we, we see something. We cannot see without the object of, of, of our seeing. So the subject and the object, they manifest together. And this is very important teaching. These two rely on one another to manifest because without one, the other cannot be. Just in 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 the phenomenology, it's very clear. Um, cons um, consciousness is always consciousness of something. This is important, but usually we understand that our mind is something separate. And that the object of our mind is an is another separate thing. So we have a subjective. Um, we, we have a we have a, a, a objective. Um, we see things subjectively, and the object is, is separate. And that the subjective is the subject is in here. It goes out and it grasps the object of seeing. The object of seeing. That's usually a way of understanding. And according to our way of seeing, that our mind and object can exist outside of one another, separate from one another. We see that our way of seeing is really subjective, and that the, the reality is 
is an, an objective thing outside, and that the subject goes outside and grasps the, uh, the object outside. This is a very wrong understanding. In manifestation only, it, say, it says that the object and subject of manifest of, of perception of, of consciousness manifest at the same time, and that the object and subject relies on one another to manifest, just like the right and the left. You can say, you can't say that there's the left comes first and then the right comes. And so when we look at the sheet of paper, we can see both the left and the right, even though they, they rely on another to manifest. But if there's no substance, the, the, the substance of the paper, then the right and the left cannot manifest. And so, so the substance is really the foundation of manifestation. For example, um, from the perspective of God creates uh, everything, we see that there's human being and, and the environment where the human lives in comes from God. So it's like that. There's the left of the paper and the right side of the paper. They'll rely on another to manifest, but both of these manifest from the substance of the paper. And so in a manifestation only, there is There's another part, the third part, which is the foundation of these two parts, the first two parts. We don't use the use word. We don't use the word God or Tao, Tao, but we use the word Alaya, store, Tang. Alaya or store is a place where we store things, just like a hard disk. All our information of our computer, we we keep them in the hard disk. And every time we look, we we search for them, they they appear. So the flower that is uh, teaching, that is preaching, it's a manifestation, but its foundation can be we can call it God or Tao or store, dang, store, alaya. And in, in manifestation only, this is called, one called is giêng phần, giêng, giêng phần, tướng phần, từ biểu, từ thể phần. So, giêng is the subject, tướng is object, so, subject of cognition, object of cognition, the the view is the foundation, the substance, where those two manifest from. Từ thế phần. Sometimes it's called từ chứng phần. And those three things are not separated. We are dividing them into different 
the different parts so that we can understand it easy. But in reality, the three are really one. This division is to help our, our, our to help us have an idea, to have an understanding. But actually, the three are really one, because in the flower, you can find the the store, you can find God, you can find Tao. The God or Tao or store is not outside of the flower. It's not at a, at another place. So the the notion manifestation has object and and subject of cognition helps helps us to to free from the idea of beginning or end, birth or death, being and non being. It's very um very good. Because before it manifests we can say it's not there. But after it manifests, uh, after it stops manifesting, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it's not there. We can't say that it's not there anymore. When it manifests, we can't say that it's yes, there, but after it's no longer manifest, we can't say that it's no longer fasting. And so it helps us to free from the idea of beginning, ending, being, and non-being. It helps us to free from the idea of the notion of birth and death. So the word "bill" is a very, very good word. It helps us to end, end uh, notions, pairs of opposites, being and non-being, birth and death. Beginning and ending, and all of us have the seed of mindfulness in us, and and to and practice is to help the seed to manifest, seed of mindfulness to manifest. We have mindfulness, concentration, and insight in us. And to practice is to help these seeds to manifest. Because these three energies, when they manifest, they have the capacity to to calm us, to calm body and mind. It has the capacity to nourish body and mind and to heal body and mind. So the practice, daily practice, is to generate generate mindfulness, concentration, and insight. When we hear the sound of the bell, the sound of the bell is a condition. The bell can happen once, once with the other sound, such as the sound of the bird, or the talking, or the, 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 the sound of children playing. But 
and and the sound of the bell happening at the same time. But the purpose of the bell is to help us to come back to ourselves. Come back to ourselves. To ge- generate the energy of mindfulness. Therefore, instead of paying attention to the crying of children or the talking of other people or the music of our neighbors, we only pay attention to the sound of the bell because we know that the sound of the bell has the capacity to bring us back to ourselves, to generate ge- mindfulness, so that the bell can, the sound can help us to stop the thinking. And we can breathe in mindfully. We generate. That's when we generate mindfulness. The sound of the bell uh, creates um, touch. It creates a mental formation soup, which is touch, contact, contact. And in my manifestation only teachings, soup contact is a mental formation that is manifested when all these three things come together, subject, object, and the foundation of its manifest. Gang, oh, object, three things. Gang, gang is organs, jung is object, and thug is consciousness. So all these three things are happening. Gang is Organ, jung is the object. Thug is consciousness. These three things come together to, to, to make, to touch the seed of contact, so that contact is manifested. And so thug is there. We are still alive, so we still have consciousness. So there's the bell. There's the sound of the bell. Which is the object? Tanjung, the sound of the bell is the object, and the ear. This, the ear, um, the ear is the um, the organ, and our consciousness. Nyangkang tanjung. Nyang yi yi. So, our ear consciousness, ear consciousness. So, our 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 ear organ, organ of the ear, ear, our the sound, and the ear consciousness. When these three things come in touch with one another, it gives rise to the mental formation contact. We come in touch. We we come in touch with the sound of the bell. We come in contact with the sound of the bell, and maybe at that time we come in touch. We come in contact with the sound of the bell, but at the same time, uh, the sounds of the children playing or people talking. But as as a practitioner, we choose we choose among the sounds. That can help us come back to come back to ourselves to generate mindfulness. So, we therefore 
we need another, the second mental formation, which is called Dak Yi. Dak Yi is second in impression. Attention. If you have 50 more, 50 mental formations, you can take it out and you can see the different languages. The, the, in, in different languages. In Dak Yi, is attention. So you pay attention to it. So you are attentive to the sound, the sound of the bell instead of the sound of children or the, the sound of people talking. Because we know that the sound of the bell is beneficial for us. It helps us to end thinking. And so we, we pay attention with our breathing. And so this that e this attention, uh, comes from our contact and selective, selective, um, selective, like a filter contact is called newly that e that our yeah appropriate attention newly that e appropriate attention. So we select an object for our attention. But if we choose, if we put our attention on to for in on other sounds, then it distracts us. Then it's no longer nilitagi. It's no longer appropriate attention. And that as a practitioner, we have to choose the object that can brings that can help us to be mindful. And that kind of uh, attention is called appropriate attention. And that if we don't choose the sound of the bell, but we choose the sound of singing, or fighting, yelling, or arguing, then, then that's something else. Then it's called inappropriate attention. New litakri is appropriate attention. Is called inappropriate attention, and as a practitioner, we need to to choose. We need to choose the appropriate attention because it helps us to generate mindfulness, concentration, and insight. And so, when we hear the sound of the bell, we only pay attention to the sound of the bell, appropriate attention, and we don't pay attention to any other sounds. And we don't, we don't pay attention to any other image, only the sound of the bell. And that, and that, when we have the habit of listening to the bell, then, then whenever we hear the sound of the bell, we stop thinking, we stop talking, we only come to back to our breathing to to generate mindfulness, to generate concentration.
if we have practiced, if we are used to practicing, if we have been to several retreats, and we've been a, a, a practitioner for some weeks, then this practice becomes um, becomes uh, e- uh, habitual. That it's e- we don't need to make effort. Uh, when we hear the sound of the bell, we automatically stop thinking and stop talking, and we we pay attention to the sound of the bell, and then we start to breathe in. We breathe in in a way that it it can generate mindfulness and concentration. Not just our mind, but also our our body. Also, that when we breathe in, it's n- it's not only our lungs that breathes, but we have to invite the all the cells in our body to participate in the breathing. And we can do this. Our body is a ca- is a community of many cells, millions of cells, and each cell has its own life, and it has a collective life as well. It each cell has to be able to nourish it and generate um, nutrition for it. Or to be able to receive nutrition from food, it has to be able to receive oxygen when we when we breathe. And with this condition, it 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 works. It lives. So when we breathe, and we, and and when we hear the sound of the bell, we have to we have to practice in a way that. Our whole body and mind participate in the practice of breathing, and we invite all the cells in our body to participate in the practice of breathing. And every cell of our body is like a, it's like a candle light. It's like a candle. And when we breathe in mindfully, when we hear the sound of the bell mindfully, when we, then all this. All these cells light up. All these candles light up. It light up the light of mindfulness, and so we not we're not only breathing with lungs, but we we have to breathe with every cells of our body. These cells of our body participates in the breathing, and so when when the when the cells participate in the breathing. Then the energy of mindfulness that is generated can be really strong, really powerful. And when we are really mindful and concentrated, then the then the breathing, then our breathing can can generate peace and calmness. Mindfulness, energy of mindfulness and concentration can generate peace and calmness. And if we used to sit in meditation, uh, while we sit and breathe, every breath can generate mindfulness, 
concentration, peace, joy, and happiness. We sit, we may be sitting with 80 other people in the room, and, and, we, and we help the mindfulness to manifest, the concentration to manifest. We, we help the peace to manifest because our mind sometimes is not peaceful, our body sometimes is not peaceful. And so when, when we practice mindfulness and concentration and breathing, then we calm, we calm the body and mind and we generate the energy of peace. And we can regenerate the energy of joy and happiness. We we help these these uh, these manifest these from seeds into a manifestation to manifest into a mental formation. And this uh, joy, peace, uh, happiness it helps to nourish body and mind. And when we sit with other people. It uh, it helps to strengthen our joy, peace, um, our happiness, and that we are we generate these energies not with our head, with our with our with our head, but we invite all the cells in our body to light up, to light up, and all goes to a stage of God. Synchronism, synchronism, synchronization. Sorry. And that if all these cells breathe together, then the energy can be really power, and it can help us to heal our body and mind. And 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 per, and in the meanwhile, seventy. Seventy-nine other people are doing the same thing. They're sitting, they're breathing, they're inviting all the cells in the body to light up, uh, to light up mindfulness and generate peace, joy, happiness. Then, then, and and so then, eighty people, all eighty people together generate a collective energy, a powerful energy, energy of collective energy of peace. The, the peace, the joy becomes a collective energy. The happiness becomes a collective energy of happiness. And that when we sit and we are able to be peaceful, it's called peaceful sitting. And that as a practitioner, we have to learn how to sit peacefully. And we invite one another and we said, um, may you sit mindfully, uh, may you sit peacefully. And that it's, it's if we have, we, we have to learn to sit peacefully. There are people who sit and cannot be peaceful. They're sitting on a pit of fire. And so they're very agitated but as a practitioner we can we can um, breathe 
we can calm body and mind, and so we can generate peace. And when we generate peace, when there's peace, there's joy, there's happiness. And so, peace, joy, happiness is it's from the unmanifested, and it manifests into our mind. And that's called the individual manifestation, the bio. And when eighty people do the same, then the collective energy of peace, joy, and happiness can be much more powerful. And if we know how to take advantage. Of the collective energy to go into our body, then the calm, the calmness, and the he- the calming, the calm, and the healing happens a hundred percent more, or eighty percent more. And so, when we practice with the community, with the sangha, with friends, sitting together, eating together, it's much more beneficial. Because the energy that we generate is the collective energy, and it has the capacity to heal and and nourish seeds of peace and happiness. And so we shouldn't be sitting in separate places, separate rooms. We should come, all come together to sit together, and that each one of us sit together and and. And and create the collective manifestation of these energies, and so in the individual in individual manifestation, there is the collective manifestation. So when we sit and we invite all the sound of all the cells in our body to light up, light up the energy of mindfulness. In here, in this body, there is the. Community of cells, millions of cells, and that when all these cells are light up with mindfulness, then the energy of mindfulness, concentration, peace, and happiness can be very powerful. It comes in phase, just like a laser beam. Just like a laser beam, all the, all the quantum photon, and so all the photons um, light up. It's it's becomes like a laser beam. It has a synchron synchronization, and so when we breathe skillfully, we create this synchronization. When all our cells come together and generate this energy, this collective energy of mindfulness, and when eighty people do that, do the same, then the energy in the meditation call can be powerful, and so we can open our heart, our mind, so that this collective energy can go in our body and mind, and we have we. Have the opportunity to calm, to heal, 
ourselves. And it's the same thing when we walk. We can walk by ourselves, but when we walk together with 200, 300 people and all generate joy and peace in every step, then the, this collective energy can nourish everyone and that we have to, we have to contribute our part. I sit, I sit in a meditation hall. I'm not sitting for myself. I'm not just sitting for myself. I'm sitting for you too. Because when I sit, I generate the energy of peace, joy, happiness, and that this, this, these are not just nourishing me, but it nourishes, uh, they nourish you as well. I offer, offer, I offer my presence to you, and I offer my practice to you. And so, when we practice in a in a sangha, it's it's very 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 good, very beneficial. When we, when we practice um, in a community, the energy of peace, joy, uh, and, and happiness are more powerful. And so when we go home, we, we have to find ways to create a sangha so that we can come together and sit together and walk together instead of practicing on our own. And so today we learn a new word, the bio, gong bio, collective um, manifestation and individual manifestation, the bio. It's individual, gong bio, it's collective manifestation. The bio, individual manifestation. And Gambio is man, uh, collective manifestation. We're talking about the uh, manifestation of the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight so that it can nourish us. And so each one of us has the responsibility to, to practice so that each step, each our breath, can generate mindfulness, concentration, peace, joy, happiness, to nourish ourselves and to nourish, nourish our friends. It's very important. And we, we, when we practice together uh, f- for that reason, each one of us is like a candle that is lit. And this light from, from this candle First of all, it shines on us. So the flame shines on this candle. So when we generate mindfulness, this mindfulness helps us to be truly present in the mo- in the here now. It helps us to be joyful, joyful, peaceful, happy, happy. But at the same time, this light is radiate. It radiates out and light up other areas as well. So, so 80 people sitting with us. There are people who are sitting very, very still. That person is generating the energy of mindfulness, concentration, peace, joy. 
and we can see clearly that this this area of light is called individual manifestation. But there's another person sitting next to us who is practicing the same. The 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 light that comes out, the energy that comes out from that person, and goes into our area of light. It's it this area is no longer no longer collect individual, but it's collective manifestation. So we generate energy, and that person generate energy of manif- of mindfulness, and these two energies um, overlap, and so. And so they become collective. It's called collective manifestation. There's a collective manifestation of of the energy of mindfulness concentration. And so, in in a in a heart of eighty people, everybody, each person is um, um, has has individual manifestation. Many. In individual practice, but at the same time, there's the collective energy generated by by everyone. So this 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 is what it means to practice with friends. And and so, not just two people, but there are eighty people. So the the energy, the collective energy, can be. Collective energy is is it's made of the individual, um, and that these two things come together. These two things uh, intertwine. For example, in our family, we are the first the first person who knows the practice, and we live in our family. When we live in our family, we can gen- we generate. The energy of mindfulness, concentration, peace, joy, and happiness, and and it's very beneficial for your family, for the family. But if we are, we are suffering, we're sad, then the, our family also suffers because of our suffering. And so, when we we know how to practice and generate this energy, then we suffer less, but our family also suffer less. A family may not be practicing yet, but they see us and they 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 already feel less suffering. So, if we practice, then our our steps, our breath, the way we stand, has generate peace, joy, and we may not be helping our family yet, but it's already helping our family. This that's called. That's called the individual manifestation, and and in the case that we can convince one of our uh, family members to practice with us, then we have two people to pra- two people in the family to practice, and the energy of mindfulness and concentration and peace is is more powerful, and that the the suffering of the family lessens noticeably, and hap- the happiness of Of the family uh, is also noticeable. It's more noticeable, and so our practice can affect. Uh, our practice affects other people, and that's a way for us to 
to convince other people to practice, that we convince other people not with words, but with the way we live. We're different from how we were before. And this now we are no. We know how to walk mindfully. We know how to look with eyes of compassion. We know how to speak gently. Then we're not suffering. And people who who see us walk and talk like that, they they also um, suffer less. And so the collective, so the individual uh, manifestation. Uh, brings about the collective manifestation. And that if we look at look at look into the upper hamlet, we see the the collective and individual manifestation very clearly. Um, for those of us who are who are here, who are practicing lay or monastics, we see that each that. That our our, our our perception of the upper hamlet is very different from those who are living in the village, in the village of the neck, in the on in the neck. There are there are people who know Plum Village. Who know the upper hamlet? Who 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 comes in practice with us? And so the upper hamlet for these people are different than the people who are living in the village, but have never and never know what is really taking place in the upper hamlet. What's happening in the upper hamlet? And so in the Collective manifestation. There's the individual manifestation. In the why is there a manifestation of the upper hamlet? Because there are some of us who feel a need to to practice, and we come together. We come together in our thoughts, in our speech, in our action. That we 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 create the upper hamlet. And and with to us, the upper hamlet is very intimate. But there are millions of people I, I, in France who don't know the existence of the upper hamlet. And so, according to them, the the presence of the upper hamlet has no meaning because it's not. In existence to them, but for people who who live 
live in the Dodonia area. They, there are many people who are not aware of the upper hamlet. And so the upper hamlet uh, to us is very different to other people. It's, it's a manifestation. It's a manifestation for some people, but for other people it's very distant. For example, for example, With this candle, when this candle um, generate, radiate this light, the light, first of all, shines on this candle. But people who live very far, they don't see. They don't recognize the light. They don't see the light. And even though the light may be coming to them, but it's very, very, very dim. It's as if it's non-existent. And so the collective manifestation has to do with the individual manifestation. The Jiang separate individual collective, for example, Paris, it's it belongs to everyone in on fr in France. That everyone knows France is the capital of uh, Paris is the capital of France. But the French has has a sep as an experience a, a, a deep experience of Paris. It's either they live there or they go to Paris often. And so the image of Paris is different for than for them than for people who don't live who li don't live in Paris. Who live there may be many people in France who have never been to Paris, and so their image of Fran uh, Paris is very different from the Pari Parisian from people who live in Paris. And if you are a tourist. And and you have also an image of 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 Paris, and this image is very individual, your individual image of it. But for those who live in Paris, they have their own own image of Paris, and so Paris has it is is individual. It's, uh, it has individual manifestation, but it also has a collective manifestation. And so all manifestations has, all manifestation has collective manifestation and individual manifestation. In the sutra, there's an example, the, the nerves, optic, optic nerves, your optic nerves is it's as if your octave nerve is it's your individual issues. It has nothing to do with me. And that your nerves, your optic nerves, it's only important to you. It's not important to me. It's not very important to me. So so in a sense your your optic nerves is your individual manifestation, your individual concern. That's called individual manifestation. But if 
you are a driver and you drive you drive a bus and if I'm sitting on that bus then I see that my life depends on your optic nerves and that if if your eyes is um, um, it's not clear then you can drive into the ditch and I can I can die and so your optic nerves it's for you it's a individual manifestation it it's your own cons- it's your own concern but there is some degree of collective manifestation and so there's when there in the individual there's the collective in the collective there's the individual just like paris is uh, is paris it's our, our paris but each one of us have a different image of paris so paris is at the same time uh, an individual um, but also a collective manifestation for all of us just like plum village uh, the practice this practice center is it's individual and it's also collective that it's it's um, the center is there are people who can come and practice um, and so who can come to practice it's called it's individual it's our individual um, manifestation but Plum Village belongs to France so it's also a collective manifestation and when you know how to practice mindfulness and generate mindfulness concentration peace joy happiness and that's that's your own your own benefits and that's called individual manifestation. But people in your family also benefit from these energies because now you are um, you are more at ease. You you suffer less, and that person benefit from that. And your energy, your energy, is um, individual and individual, but. At the same time, it's collective, collective manifestation. So, in summary, there is nothing that is, that is just individual manifestation or just collective individual in manifestation. There's nothing that is just individual manifestation. Nothing that is collective manifestation. And yesterday. I heard that in the upper hamlet, the the monks decided that during the three months of winter retreat, there's no internet, there's no Facebook, and no uh, private email address. Um, so in this way, the the monks have uh, opportunity and time to generate mindfulness concentration inside joy, peace, but and that it's only 
um, a few days, but the energy of peace it heightened very much. And that's that's uh, the brothers practice like this. That's collective. That's individual manifestation. And that when the brothers are more peaceful, more mindful, then we benefit. The V from the other hamlet, lower hamlet, a new hamlet, benefit from their energy of peace and joy. And so there's really nothing that's completely, completely individual and nothing completely collective manifestation. And that these two manif- manifestation happen at the same time, just like the 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 right and the left. And so, when we learned about the manifestation only, uh, we we know that the, there's the individual collectiveness, there's the in, there's the collective manifestation, there's individual manifestation. But when we look deeply, there's really nothing that is completely individual and nothing completely manifest um, co- collective. So the the rules in France, it's for everyone in France. The rules for for the French is for everyone, but there are people who know how to make use these rules and benefit and more at ease with these rules. But people who don't, who are less educated, they don't know these rules. These they don't know their their rights, and so. So they they um, they they are dis- they have the disadvantage they're being take, taken advantage. They they don't see their their opportunities. They don't know how to use their opportunities and rights. And so people who knows the rules knows how to make use of these rules and constitution, but others. They really don't benefit so much, and so these rules in constitution they're they're collective, but at the same time they're individual. For example, in France, there are many beautiful regions with snow caps, where where beautiful beaches, but only wealthy people um, during the summer holiday that they are able to go to these places. And so these beautiful mountains, they belong to the French, but they're really there, but only a few people benefit from them. So they only belong to a few people. And so in the, and so in the collective, there's the individual, and in the individual, there's the collective. It's an hour and a half. We will continue on Sunday. <laughs>